Oh, shit. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, my freaking AirPods are dying. Let me, uh, let me switch over. Hurry. This guy ruining the fucking podcast. We've got like five. Yeah, go ahead. We've got like five minutes left in this podcast, and you're over here fucking around. Good job. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Real Teal Podcast. My name is JC. Uh, Chromatos is not with us tonight. Uh, we have had some scheduling cl- conflicts the last week or two, so um, I am joined tonight by our... Uh, well, he's our friend, but he's also kind of my backup co-host. His name is Loxman. How's it going, bud? It's going pretty good. Uh, like I was just saying, I'm getting a little sauced off this bourbon right now, so... Pretty sure everyone would like have that request one time that we just do a full drunk podcast, but I don't think we've done a sober pod yet. So no, not yet. I'm, yeah, this is pretty much we've pretty much been, been this way every podcast. So yeah, I've 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 been drunk at one, but at that point I just started to talk more, and then that was when <laughs> me and Freer were just going back and forth. So I think you and you and Chrome were just. Well, Chrome just gets on Reddit and starts banning people. So yeah, we in the we of the pod. just. Yeah, every time we get Freer on, we just private message each other like, ha this fucking guy. <laughs> so, um, he'd, he'd, he'd low-key be good. Well, we already know his monologue qualities because we had the the whole um, the video series on Bortles and everything. So, you know right. he's got it in him to, if he wants to go solo, he's going to take advantage of that. Yeah, right. He's a good guest to have on the podcast, definitely. Because he'll... I, 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 can't, I can't even blame him. I do the same thing. All right, so I guess... Um... I guess let's get into it, but first, I do want to say I know there are some people who are waiting to come on the pod. Um, Chromatos is is typically uh, the one talking to people about coming on, and I know he's kind of got a list of people who are waiting to come on, Um, but our, our scheduling has just been so shit the past few weeks that we... Every time we record or talk about recording, it's kind of spur of the moment, and then usually it doesn't happen, and which is how we're in the situation we're in tonight. So um, we promise we're going to get you guys on eventually. Uh, we've just—he's really busy, Crom uh, is. So uh, we've kind of just got to work out our scheduling and let him figure out life a little bit more, and then we'll work on actually scheduling these things and getting all you guys in. So we haven't forgotten about you. We're just kind of fucked up so yeah oh that part's definitely true (laughs) um so let's get into it um our first two games we're oh and two um yeah who saw that coming right i'm pretty sure i actually thought we would be oh and three so um i just that would be you know actually we we, you know we might actually be oh and three before thursday even starts with everything that's happened this week so Right. Um, so uh, before we talk about this past week, um, or at least everything since Sunday, let's talk about the last 
the last two Sundays, week one and week two. Uh, what are your biggest takeaways from how this team looked and how we performed in week one and week two? I mean, uh, I think, you know, so Gardner Minshew, of course, that's got to be by far the number one. And I, uh, I was talking to my buddy today, who's a Steelers fan, and he showed me one of those cheap, shitty knockoff T-shirts uh, from Minshew Mania. And I showed him the one that I got from a DTWB shop, which is way better. And I was like, nah, dude, I already got this one on the way. And it's like already sold out. And he's like, he made a comment like, man, you guys drank the Kool-Aid real quick on that guy. And I'm like, yeah, and you're right. And a lot of it is just the memes, but a lot of it's not, dude. I don't think it's a stretch to say that that's probably the, you know, that's really two weeks straight of probably some of the best quarterback I feel like I've seen in the last 10 years. Right. Do you think that's a stretch at all? Like no. even when Bortles was hot in the one month, that might be the only thing you could say that rivals it when he had that December. Uh... Yeah, no, I don't think that's a stretch at all. I mean, the, he, he, he looks really good. Um, I was, yeah, I love memes. Okay. So when we got another meme quarterback, <laughs> I'm like, fucking, I'm glad you know, uh, you're over the moon. I, right. And, and you know, I, I really hate that Nick got hurt. Um, fuck. I kind of expected uh, half the people in America probably expected it, but, um, I obviously I didn't expect it to happen on the second drive of the season. Um, but you know, uh, you know, but you, you love the meme quarterback. So Gardner comes in and you're like, okay, I, I love him. I love the memes, but there's no way he's actually going to play well. And then the dude balled out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously we still lost. There were a, a lot of problems, not, you know, not on Gardner in that game, uh, obviously with the defense and, you know, every fucking thing else, but, yeah. uh, but he, he still balled out and it, yeah. we, he looked like an NFL quarterback. He looked good. Um, so a, a lot of people said like, yeah, you know, it's just a, a little bit of magic, you know, we'll, we'll see how he really looks come week two. And he looked a little shaky for a while, but he had so much more pressure um, from the defensive line in uh, against uh, against Houston. Um, mm-hmm. So you can't really blame him for you know for being a little more shaky in week two than he was in week one. But um, I mean, fuck, dude, he he brought us back from the grave with thirty seconds left in the game. You know, I mean, he uh, when's the last time we've had a quarterback? that you were when he started moving the ball down the field you're confident like this guy's going to score yeah. you know and i know he he it was like he only had you know what, one touchdown uh, against houston but a low, a low key storyline is that i think will richardson's will richardson might have been the guy with the magic cuz i don't think he played too terribly well in that game right um, yeah uh but you know still still for for what he is and for as down as me and i know plenty of other people were uh, when Cam Robinson got hurt, um, it was still pretty good for what is basically our new Josh Wells. I mean, it's a better Josh Wells. Uh, and maybe there's still a future of him uh, starting over AJ Can, although that's not happening this week. Um, but for in, in the face of all that adversity, Minshew still came out and like he he did what you want to see from your rookie quarterback, first round or sixth round, like, he led the team on a drive back and he put the team in a position to win. And how many times have we just said, that's what we need, or that's more than what we said we needed. We said, okay, we've got the elite defense. We just need a quarterback. who's not going to 
screw things up. Now we have more than just that. We have a guy who, at least in the small sample size that we've seen, is that and more. I guess the only question is, is this still just a little magic or is this like legit? And to me, I think it's, I don't know if he's going to ever, uh, I don't know if he's going to go to the Hall of Fame or something, but it looks legit. I don't see anything out here that's just like wild, like, I haven't seen anything that that would make me think that this isn't just who he is as a player. Yeah, right. I mean, obviously you can't expect him to go out every week and and throw for 70% uh, and, you know, or, you know, what was he in week one, like 84% or 88% or something? Yeah. Yeah. And then that wasn't his fault. So, right. And then 70% the next week. Which is, you know, it's down a bit, but I mean, I mean, fuck, he, he still balled out. He still yeah. brought us back and, and put us in a position to win the football game with 30 seconds left in the game. So it's like, obviously, you, you can't expect him to do that every week. Like, he's going to come out and have a bad game eventually, right. whether it's uh, whether it's tomorrow night or whether it's uh, next week or against Carolina or, or whenever. But I, I think the important thing, to, you know, to remember is that, uh, one, like I just said, you can't expect him to – and when he does go out and have a bad game, like uh, it's important to not like just absolutely shit on him. And say, oh, like yeah, well, there's mm-hmm. the magic running out, or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. or yeah, he's just another Blake Bortles, or, or whatever, right? Like, yeah. there's obviously going to be a lot of overreactions uh, the very first time he has a bad game, and and obviously, well, and yeah, like if he has a bad game. Yeah. Ahead, if he has a bad game Thursday, and then he has a bad game next week, and then another bad game, then a week after that, and another, then yeah, maybe like yeah. maybe it was a little bit of early season magic or whatever. But like if he if he comes out tomorrow night and he throws a couple of picks or or makes some bad throws and he has a bad game, like I think it's important to just sit on it and not you know mm-hmm. <laughs> completely overreact. He's a six round quarterback coming into the NFL for the first time playing mm-hmm. you know playing his first snaps of professional football so he's 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 gonna have a bad game eventually well and i think what we have to do too is like and the biggest thing i've heard from the the kind of people who are telling everyone to slow slow their rolls is that um oh god i'm already slurring dude i'm on the first glass like oh, dude. the biggest yeah, thing i've heard too. from the people telling people to slow their rolls with them is that okay houston and kansas city have really bad secondaries and i'm like okay but percentage against a bad secondary that's what you like want and need and for him to not totally like give up the whole goose and like be able to slip you know a few pass rushers when you play a good uh front seven and he did that that's exactly what he did and that's exactly what we've asked for i I wish he would have like you know been able to toss a bunch more touchdowns but i think also one thing we saw in week two is i think they tried to force leonard fournette a little bit Oh, Which, yeah. you know, as as disgusted as that makes me, it's probably the right call because you're right. He is a rookie and it is J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless and all those mean dudes up front uh, that he's staring down for the first time. Uh, so that probably was the right call, even if I do think it ended up costing us the game by being a little too conservative. But he came back, let him down the field, let him on a touchdown drive. And I think every week you see him growing more confident. And you're absolutely right. There is probably a good chance he's going to struggle a little bit against a pretty decent Titans defense. But this is where that Jaguars defense needs to step up, get a couple turnovers, um, not let Derrick Henry run all over them. They need uh, the performance that they had in against the Titans, the early matchup last year, 
where it was like what nine to six or six to three right, and yeah, yeah. instead of a bad game from uh <clears throat> whoever our running backs were at that time i think it was just basically yeldon and uh and bortles now you have Minshew, you have receivers who look good uh and i think you know you win that game if the defenses are all the same and both quarterbacks are struggling i think with Minshew he is the guy who can lead you down and I mean, put you in a position to win a tight game with a lot of heavy defense. So right. that's, that's kind of the thing that I want to see uh, on Thursday. I, I will say there is one fair criticism to have uh, a, at least uh, based off of this past week against Houston is uh, he did have three fumbles. He did fumble the ball three times. Um mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that being said, he he also did get hit from the, you know, from the backside a lot. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I believe like all three of those hits came from his blind side. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, there's not a whole lot you can do to protect against that. But uh, I, I guess there is some criticism to be had about uh, ball, like ball security. Um, a lot of people were saying, yeah, hold on to it for too long. Like, yeah, right. A, a lot of people were. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are saying get rid of the ball fast or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is some criticism to be had there, and and that's something that he'll learn. Obviously, he's not going to have uh, – he, he's got grown grown NFL linemen r- running towards him compared, right. to, compared to what he was seeing in Washington, you know. But, so. but he has some plays that are just things that I feel like I have never seen as right. a Jaguars fan, going all the way back to Garrard. He had the play – um, I feel like everyone should remember this, especially if I did with as messed up as I usually am around the 2.30 p.m. time on Sundays, uh, where it was like a screenplay to Didi on the right side. I believe it was Didi. And he like pulls the pass down and, you know, that's quick snap out of your hands. And he saw that the screen was going to get blown the fuck up. Like there was a CB coming straight into him. Uh, that was going to tag him and maybe even pick off the ball and run it back for pick six. And I get the feeling like if that's Bortles, or hell, maybe even if that's Nick Foles, like, or just anyone else, that's uh, that's exactly what would happen. But he double clutched it, waited for Dee to just like run a regular route, waited for a blocker to get that dude who was flying at him out, and he like got Dee for like I think a solid like nine yards or so. And I'm like, that's the most cerebral shit I've seen a quarterback do in a Jaguars uniform in since probably since I've been a Jaguars fan. Right, And you couple that with all the throws he makes with good timing where the ball is halfway to the receiver before the receiver gets his head turned around and it's in the right place. So the receiver, you can even tell, man, these receivers, they're surprised when they get the ball in the right place, in the right place at the right time. And it's got to be a great feeling for them, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, definitely, probably the my biggest takeaway from watching him the past two weeks is his, his pocket awareness. I mean, outside of getting mm-hmm. hit from the from the blind side, oh, he juke the shit out of JJ Watt. Like, right. I mean, his it's he 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 knows when he has to move. Um, yeah. Now, when you have a three hundred guy, a three hundred pound guy who just blows through your lineman yeah. and, and hits you from the blind side, like th- there's not a whole lot you can do about that. And, and that happened a couple times. He, he did get hit yeah. a few times, but I mean, when you watch him step back in the pocket, yeah. and a, as soon as he senses trouble, he's moving mm-hmm. out of the pocket. Um, those runs that he had were were beautiful. They they were. Oh yeah. It was. It, it felt it, as as much as everyone loved when when Blake would, you know, would take off uh, for those long runs. Like watching Gardner against 
uh, Houston, like those runs just, they look different to me. They, they, they didn't look, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. I it think, was like, I think he just, I think he sees the run that he can take about a split second faster than Blake does. And while I think Blake is a big bit of a better athlete than he is, uh, I think that Gardner just kind of has a little bit slightly better IQ. So I think that's just, he's pulled the ball down and taken off. Um, now on those plays too, I think he's gotten good protection on those break broken down plays right. or enough protection at least to make that. So I haven't seen him like fully like spin out of a dude and do some of Blake's, you know, famous runs, but, um, he's definitely got that element to him. He had what he had almost had like 50 yards rushing or something. Yeah. Right. Second, yeah. So uh, I, I, but I do as much credit as we're giving Minshew, I do want to credit the receivers because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm glad Combs uh, on this podcast because I'd be eating dick right now. For and I'm sure <laughs> if this keeps going on and Chart keeps putting up 100 yards a week or so and a touchdown, then I'm gonna. I don't know what the repercussions are be. They're gonna be big. And so my, I'll give myself a little credit. I I said I would eat all the fucking crow in the world if I was wrong about Chart this year. And to this point, it looks like I am. Conley yeah. looks like he's everything you wanted. So you know the only disappointment's been Didi. Yeah, right. And, and maybe Didi is, seems like a disappointment because of how well Chark and Connolly are playing. You know, like, uh, I mean, last well, year. Someone Didi... made the point that, like, when Minshew and Camp, he wasn't thrown to Didi. He was thrown to Chark and Connolly. Well, maybe not Connolly. So, well, so yeah, but maybe that's bullshit. But who knows? Like, I that mean, could be part but, of it. That could I mean, be his maybe, connection with Chark. Maybe Didi shined so much last year just because everyone else fucking sucks so bad. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, no, of course. Like, um,. I mean, not to, not to say that DD is yeah, um, but yeah, a lot of credit to the wide receivers because mm-hmm. I mean, if if Chark drops the you know drops all these passes like Chark of the past, then you know uh, Gardner doesn't look as good. Um, I've seen Con- it, I've seen it on my fantasy leagues. Uh, DD's hit the uh, waiver wire and he's been left off like he's a, pretty much a free agent now that it's Wednesday night here when we're recording this. So and. I'm thinking about picking him up in a lot of those leagues. I have DD in a couple leagues, and I'm putting him on the bench now for sure. But that's just another thing I can say about Minshew is that I don't think he's, I don't think it means DD sucks or anything like that. I just think it means you know Minshew is steadily growing with each. He's going to keep growing with each passing week. So right. I think DD's still a good player. He's going to be a good slot receiver for years to come, and uh, he's going to uh, eventually click with Minshew, and it's going to be a nice combination when they do. Right. So before we move on from uh, Minshew, um, let's address the elephant in the room: our injured eighty-eight million dollar quarterback Nick mm-hmm. Foles. Um, I, I do yeah. want to say that touchdown pass in Week One uh, when he died was was a beautiful, maybe the most beautiful touchdown pass I've ever seen a Jaguar player throw. So you know what um, though, I think that uh, I think it was that ball was probably. It'd been a little bit nicer if it was like two toes in the back of the end zone, but Nick Foles did die on it. But I will say, I, I got to give a little bit more credit to Shark for, you know, creating space with his arm and right. just having a perfect catch for, I, I think I give Shark a little bit more credit for that throw than I do Foles, but you know, Hey Foles, you, you got your one touchdown as a Jaguar. And I do right. think it will only be one touchdown as a Jaguar as of you this do, moment. You do think so? That that was going to be my mm-hmm. question. Um, if, if yeah. Nick does come back like week, 12 or 13 or whenever his like projected like day to come back like uh what do you think the odds are that he he comes in and immediately takes over 
Well, obviously, you know, there's a lot of football to be played in between then and now. And yes, despite the other elephant, the real elephant in the room, football will go on. And there is a slew of winnable games with this squad coming up. So, I mean, we have to see where we're at. I am a believer that Minshew is legit enough for what we've seen. And I wasn't too impressed in the, again, very small sample size we saw with Nick Foles. Um, so I think if we're, if we've collected a few wins and you can honestly say that most of the losses that we have in that time are not entirely on Minshew because he has just fallen apart. Um, I think you stick with Minshew, not only, and here's the kicker, not only because Minshew is like younger, cheaper, potentially a better quarterback than Nick Foles right now. But because I think if you don't give Nick Foles any more snaps and at the end of the season, you're confident in saying, hey, we're going to go with Minshew, maybe draft a kid, maybe not, who knows, then Nick Foles will probably just retire. Right. That's that's kind of what, what I'm thinking too. I mean, everybody knows that he considered retirement before. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone knows his extensive history with injuries and you know, have coming off the bench and this and that and you know, Super Bowl aside, he hasn't had a great career particularly. So I mean um, his wife, like I spent the time that was now wasted, I guess, uh in the off season reading his book, hearing about his life story, his wife his medical condition. Nick Foles has never really been really been a guy about the money. Um and it's kind of a low key point, uh that I think that, you know, we all, as much as we're all dumping on the front office right now, when we all said, hey, why did they overpay him? And you had basically one person say, oh, to get him to have him be respected in the locker room by paying him what is a relatively starting quarterback salary. I don't necessarily know if it was that. I think we may have not been competing with any other NFL teams for him, but I think we were probably competing with retirement. Right. So that was who we were really trying to outpay. So I don't think it's as unrealistic of a take as some may first think. Well, I guess we'll have to see how it plays out and see how well Gardner plays yeah. and see how healthy Foles is when he comes. A lot of winnable they, football in that in that time in between then and now, though. Yeah, right. A lot of variables. Um, so uh, you mentioned the real elephant in the room. Um, mm. I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you Yannick might be still referencing. hasn't been hating. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's, that's what I thought you were talking about the Miles Jack uh contract, so Oh yeah, no, totally. <laughs> um, um so uh, I guess let's cut so the bullshit. Yeah, so I'm going to the game tomorrow. <laughs> I'm getting I'm packing my bags as we're doing this pod, sipping on some bourbon, and I I you know, I already kinda I think I already made my decision, but I'm like looking and I'm like, do I wear to the game my brand new unworn thus far Michelin Ness teal Maurice Jones Drew jersey, which Clayus Campbell asked me that I wear. He asked everyone to wear teal because that's the uniform combo the Jags are going with tomorrow night for Thursday night football primetime. Or do I honor the funeral and wear my black 2-0 jersey? Um, I also have a black two O jersey. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to the game tomorrow, but this week, um, around the house, I will be sporting my black two O jersey. So, mm-hmm. I'd say I'd say go with the black two O. Um, you think so, man? Uh, the, the, 
the teal's going to look nice. I mean, and I mean, MJD is getting to the Hall of Fame, probably eventually. But oh you know. yeah, hundred percent. You know, well as long uh, as Sam Kavars doesn't fuck it up. But. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. That is a tough one because the teal's going to look nice uh, on national TV, and everybody's going to be rocking teal. Um, I think there are going to be a lot of two O jerseys there. I think a lot of people, uh, maybe half and half, like we were talking about before the pat uh, before the podcast. Uh, there's a, a large demographic of people who are not on Jalen's side, to say the least. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. You I also still think- have to consider the factor I'm going to be the, – so the tailgate, if everyone hasn't noticed, they're trying to create a college game day type atmosphere tomorrow for Thursday Night Football. I think they realize that NFL Network and uh, Thursday Night Football will kind of suck. So they're trying to make it to where they're doing like the, – they're putting the um, – the broadcast booth in the slab. So, which is where uh, bold city brigade and the Teal street hooligans tailgate uh, where everyone does the circle ups and slaps the wine bags. And, you know, where a great many things will happen and be consumed tomorrow. I'll be happy to report on all of them later, but are these the same guys who jump into pools of mayonnaise when the Titans are in town? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Don't you? Um, yeah, I actually have a, uh, kiddie pool in my backyard full of mayonnaise right now. So, mm-hmm. well, with all that said, I, I think, you know, the, the chance of belligerence, whether it's, I'm the one being the source of it or someone else is high. Uh, yes. And I, the worst part of it is that it's probably not even Titans fans. As much as we like talk about Titans fans, I don't think I've really, I think I've really only been to one game in Jacksonville where it was Titans, maybe. And but it doesn't really seem like a kind of thing where they're not trying to brawl with people. They are kind of slow talking Tennessee folk. You know, generally people I enjoy until they're Titans fans. But, you know, a a, a peaceful populace. Uh they'll still do probably do be depressed about UF beating them on Saturday before then, since they're all gonna be Tennessee fans too. So I think they'll be in a docile state. What I am worried about is the people who you're going to see some, you know, some jackass walking around yelling about Ramsey one way, and you'll have another dude who is younger and maybe less boomerish yelling the other way. And, uh, you know, things like that are going to go down. And I don't necessarily want to know if I want to be on vacation and stuck in the middle of that. Right. Or instigating that for that matter. Also, right. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I imagine it is going to be a pretty hostile environment. Um, mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, uh, there are a lot of really cool people in Northern Florida. Um, mm-hmm. but there are also a lot of not really cool people in Northern Florida. Um, mm-hmm. it's pretty, sl- it's pretty split demographic. So I think um, even people, anyone who lives and loves Northern lives in and loves Northern Florida would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so I imagine it's probably going to be an interesting environment and, 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 and I know those, those tailgates get wild and there are going to be a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of belligerence. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, just stay safe, my friend. I hope to talk to you, uh, you know, Thursday night and hope you're still kicking. So yeah, for sure. You can have my tickets to the, uh, Carolina game and, uh, bring a special someone with you if, uh, things go south for me. Oh, that's so sweet. I appreciate it, my friend. Um, so as oh, yeah, as, as far Jalen as Ramsey? <laughs> yeah, um, we're well, real quick. As far as your attire, just flip a coin, um, you know, whatever it lands on, wear it or wear both. You know, just just fucking 
interchangeably. You know, the other factor that I found out today, though, is that um, in the NFL Network booth, uh, Colleen Wolf, um, pure fan of like NFL Network's broadcast around the NFL, uh, you know her, and Maurice Jones-Drew will be broadcasting from there. Oh, nice. So I think for that, like, it's not like as in any other situation, I think I would definitely wear Ramsey, but because MJD is going to go there and he's probably my favorite Jaguar of all time, uh, then I think I might just do that just so I can, you know, dance around in his shit, scream his name. Um, all right. So let's talk about Jalen. Um, all right. What do you think? What are you thinking, man? What's, what's going on? Is Jalen out of here? How soon is he out of here? I, I think it helps to know where like everyone kind of stands. And at first I was like probably almost two, I was like 150% like pro Jalen. Um, yeah, I guess I've kind of pulled back a little bit. I, I think myself, you, most of the people that we know and talk to, but not necessarily all of them are more pro player than they are pro uh coaching staff, pro ownership, pro front office. And right, when I say yeah. pro like pro front office or pro front of the house, I don't mean you think Doug Marone and Caldwell and Coughlin and Sean Connor doing the best jobs. I think you mean, hey, I'm talking about the people who are like, hey, Doug Marone sucks, I get it, but you still need to respect him as the coach. Um so when I say pro like Doug Marone, I'm not saying you think he's a good coach. You can, there's very, there's plenty of room in this world for all those of us who think that Jalen's out of line, but also Doug and Coughlin and whoever the heck else should probably lose their jobs and probably will. If they don't, if, if, if they don't, and this goes in one of the negative timelines, then, then I think we have a real problem, like a very ugly. I think that's, I think we're looking at quite an implosion at that point. Um, Worse than if he gets traded, even as soon as Friday. Right. And I think it, I think it's definitely fair to look at the situations and say, you know, from, from a Jaguars fan perspective for other Jaguars fans to say, you know, I, I really don't want Jalen to leave but I don't blame him for wanting to leave. Like, I, th- I think that's fair, you know? Um, that's where I'm at, I think. Because, I, I mean, it's like a lot... Um, I, and, and people compare it to, like, their like their jobs or whatever. Like, I, I can't, you know, I, I can't talk to my boss however I want to, or I can't just leave, or, you know, whatever. Like, people say that. Yeah, you but, can. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Go, like, you can, ahead. like... If you're not happy, you, you can, can find if you're another. As important to your job as Jalen Ramsey is, exactly. if you're as big of a contributor at, to at your company, and see, that's uh, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is like I hate the the people who insist that both on both sides that these comparisons are invalid or that they are valid. It it really is like just like your job, but it's not in that way. It's just like your job, and. It, it sh- people. I'm surprised more people don't kind of realize this, and I I really do think it's because some people are still stuck in kind of a old mentality about the workforce. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you are like you, not let's just say not even just you, but you and like a couple of your buddies at work are like by far, you know, you're the studs there because everyone knows it at every job. It's like ninety percent people who are just kind of there cashing in, cashing out. 
5% guys who just totally fucking suck and are dragging everyone else down and 5% of guys who are absolute all-stars for a variety of reasons. And if you and like one or two other of your boys who are in that all-star squad are sitting there, you've been working your ass off there for like three or four years at whatever company you work at, and you watch people who are much lesser than you uh, get paid bonuses, they get new, they get they get promoted, they get higher salaries, and then when it comes time for you to get that happen, and not only that, uh, not only for it to happen to you, but you're watching your peers who you maybe went to college with or something like that get the same raises, the same promotions at their companies. And then your organization flat out tells you, oh, we're not even going to negotiate. We're not even going to talk about a raise. Don't even come and ask about it this year. You got to wait another year. That'd piss you off too. Yeah, right. And that exact sentiment was echoed uh, on the show that Brent Martineau and Austin Lane do, which is a very good. I think it's become my favorite radio show in Jacksonville right now. Um, Maurice Jones Drew called into that and he said like that's the real locker room cancer is when you watch guys like Blake Bortles, Andrew Norwell, freaking these type of guys get paid a lot of money and then not perform but your homegrown talent or you bring in even guys who even if he was good and even if he did turn out Nick Foles he's from outside the organization but homegrown guys who are played better at their position like Yannick and Jalen especially Jalen who's a whole brand aren't getting offered deals. This should have, I mean, that, that's, I think, his biggest deal. It's not the scheme. It's not the red flag being thrown. It's the fact that they're feeling disrespected because they're bringing in all of these random dudes from outside the organization, paying them a lot of money, and they're not playing up the par, but then they're trying to get Mickey Mouse contracts with Yannick. They're telling Jalen, don't even try to negotiate with us this year, bro. Like, you don't even think about getting paid till next year, even though three of the four guys drafted ahead of him have all been extended. And Joey Bo said, you know, that's going to come at some point, but I don't know if the Chargers front office is one that I necessarily want to emulate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I would like to emulate the Rams, the Eagles and the Cowboys a little bit more. If we could do that, that'd be cool. Yeah. But that That's kind of the, the biggest takeaway that I took from his press conference is how many times he referenced paying Yannick uh, mm-hmm. or not necessarily just money in general deals, Yannick's deal, Miles's deal. Um, when, when, you know, when people would ask him like pretty much every question that he like diverted away from answering regarding the trade, he would, he would end it with, yeah, but make sure you pay Yannick, make sure you pay Yannick. Right. And uh, that alone gave me the impression that this is more, you know, this is more about him feeling disrespected, maybe. Um, yeah. Like, I, I didn't, like, I, yeah, I didn't get the deal that I deserve. Um, like, good for Miles. He got his deal. Um, mm-hmm. but make sure Yannick gets his because he's going to leave if he doesn't. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, that's. That's that's what I that's what I took away from it. Um, I mean, it's going to be Jalen too, Electric Boogaloo, when he's gone in this off season. If the season goes south, when it comes time to franchise tag Jan, because he's not taking a, a bullshit three year deal, even if it is like seventeen, nineteen million a year. He wants right. he wants long term security for his health and his wealth, and I can't blame the man for that. He would probably take a cheaper deal if it was longer term and more guaranteed money, which I think at this point. 
everyone wants to talk about how Jalen's a diva. Okay, you don't want to you want a stud who's not a freaking diva? Look at Jan. Like so, but we we've already discussed that one to death. But I think this just this almost even proves the point about how it's important to get in front of this. And like the people who say, oh, well, it wasn't time to pay him. Who says when it's time to pay your guy? His peers are all getting paid right now. Goff, Wentz, Ezekiel Elliott. Don't tell me it's about position with quarterbacks when Ezekiel Elliott held out and got paid. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't really, <laughs> I don't know what the, why there isn't a rush to pay him. Like if he's your star, if he's your stud, he's very consistent. He's the biggest brand that the Jaguars have. Um, there's literally no reason to not pay him, but you back yourself into a corner when you sign guys like Blake Bortles and Nick Foles and Andrew Norwell, these long-term deals. And of course you're pissing off these other, these younger cats who are like, okay, well, where's my deal? You were so eager to sign those dudes. What about me? I'm the one who's been here. You drafted me top five, you drafted Yannick and we performed better than those guys have in that span of time. So why are you giving us the middle finger when we come looking for the same type of deal you gave those dudes? Yep. And honestly, I feel that's, like that's that's honestly the biggest thing. I really team talk. I think the everything else is just the the challenge flag, whatever. I think that's all bullshit. I think between that and the Jags just kind of sucking as an organization and losing a whole bunch, I, I think that probably with the contract. I think even if we were sucking, if we had just done the right thing, literally just do the right thing and pay. Jan, Jack, and Jalen, even if it was the expense of having Nick Foles on this team, then you would not be anywhere near the situation. Yeah. The, the, the funny thing to me is the people who are saying, like, why would you pay him when, you know, uh, he's, he's not winning us any football games. We've only won, uh, you know, so many fucking games since he's been here. <laughs> I'm like, he's not supposed to win you football games. Like, he's yeah. literally, he's doing his job. That's Jalen. The only reason we're in a position to win football games is because Jalen is shutting down DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. Like, like Jalen, Jalen is doing his job plus, yeah. like, you know, plus some. Like he's he's doing. Jalen took. Jalen literally injured Tyreek Hill, the freaking monster. Right. For like what four to six weeks, like he's do, he's doing his job and then some. Yeah, it's not like paying a. He does his job more than anyone else on this team. That's for sure. It's not like giving a quarterback like a ridiculous deal and then going yeah. o, o, o and sixteen, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that quarterback's supposed to score you points. Like that—that's his job. Uh, yeah. Jalen's job is to keep his receiver from scoring, and that's what he does. So, like, and the one thing is, is like, if imagine like, if you want to compare this to like a regular job or something, this is where I think you diverge. We all look at it and we're like, okay, quarterback's more important than cornerback. And I think everyone would probably agree with that. But if you're Jalen Ramsey, are you gonna are you gonna go up to Jalen Ramsey and tell him that he's less important than Blake Bortles? Probably not. Like it's it, that's hard yeah, to right. say. Like to to a man's face. Like that's I mean, I felt freaking ashy in my mouth just saying that, like just <laughs> now. So like he's not he's gonna look and he's gonna be like, I go into work. I work my ass off. I train hard in the offseason. I'm the best player at my position. But you as fans are saying like, oh, okay, we're going to play Blake Bortles more than any cornerback per year is going to make for some time. And we're going to then turn around and look you in the eye and say, 
you don't deserve that. And in fact, we're not even going to bother to negotiate with you this year. We're not even even try to come to a deal. And I think that is um, the real disrespect that he feels. And I think that's on Dave Caldwell and Tom Coughlin. I think they're a much bigger problem to Jalen than Doug Marone. I honestly, like everyone's joking about it where Doug Marone said he has a great relationship with Jalen. I believe that a lot sooner. I bet Jalen's real issue is not with them. And if you want to read deeper, I'm not going to go into it because it's a whole other conversation. But look up Jalen's agent, David uh, Mugaletta. There's been a couple great articles written about him and how he's like the young stud agent in this industry right now. And read about his style and everything. And you'll, you, you'll probably understand the situation. And you will understand the man who is advising Jalen, wisely advising Jalen in this situation, I think, a lot more. So look him up and uh, you'll get a lot better perspective on who's probably telling Jalen what to do right now. And I think he's giving Jalen all the right advice right now, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Is it is it fair for me to say that if Jalen's gone on Friday, that Yannick needs to be paid on Saturday? Like, I I just I feel like I feel like the longer the longer Yannick is gone, or the or not gone, the longer that. Yannick has to wait the worse it's going to be and the less likely he's actually going to take a deal from this team like if a deal happens with Jalen and Jalen's gone like Yannick's going to look at that and say okay well if I don't get the deal I want then I'm going to do the same fucking thing like uh, like that that's just that's the way his would be a holdout he would he would he would lay the I think and hold yeah, out against yeah, the right. franchise tie, but yeah. But that, that's just the way I see it. That, like the longer, as soon as it happens to Jalen, and, and Yannick's probably already looking at it that way, and he, he probably already has been you know, considering the uh, the holdout in, in uh, training camp and everything. But I, I feel like watching Jalen go through his motions right now, it's going to fuel yeah. Yannick even more. And then when Jalen's actually gone, and, and Yannick mm-hmm. sees like how this worked for Jalen. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the longer Yannick waits, the the worse it's going to be. I think that. Well, I think it's honestly it's too late for that. I think that 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 answer that need to be answered uh, in the off season, and it wasn't answered because we tried to nickel and dime Yannick instead right. of just giving him. That's fair. Yeah, and it, and honestly, like if anyone disagrees with that, and you're the type of person who's calling Jalen Ramsey a diva about this situation, saying he's unprofessional. Well, you aren't doing a very good job of rewarding people who are doing it, quote unquote, the right way uh, and being humble and quiet and professional and showing up to work every day like Jan. So what who, what example, <laughs> who, who's the example setter here? Like, I mean, you won't pay the diva. You won't pay the opposite dude on the spectrum from the diva. So who are you going to pay? Another like bum in free agency with the money that you would have given them? So, uh, like, if I'm Jan, I'm definitely holding out against a franchise tag next year uh, for as long as possible. I Maybe not for the whole season. Um, I don't know how that works for franchise tags as opposed to, like, what Melvin Gordon's doing. But I think you would see if you could do probably do, like, a Melvin Gordon type of holdout where he's definitely going to play this year, but he's going to make the franchise feel it. You're not going to get his talent. I think you'll get something like that or a trade, a franchise tag and trade. Uh yeah, that's fair. I, I I pretty much agree with you on, on all fronts. Um, 
Yannick should have been paid in the offseason. And we talked about Yannick a lot but, uh, yeah. before the season even the th- started. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. If, if, if like you – like, let's say, go back to what you said. If Jalen's gone on Friday, Yannick should be signed on Saturday. But if Jalen's gone on Friday, remember, they broke off contract discussions with Yannick. Like he said, they had a chance to sign me. We didn't get it done. And that sounded like, okay, we're done negotiating. We're basically just not going to negotiate with you. I think they told his agent the same thing they told Jalen's agent. Like, okay, we tried, but we're not going to negotiate with you now for the rest of the season. So now if you're Yannick and his agent, and as soon as Jalen's gone on Friday and you see Dave Caldwell pop up on caller ID on Saturday, (laughs) you know that man is just trying to save his job at that point. The ball is in Yannick's court now. Because yeah. even if, and there's, and let's be clear, no one in this front office should survive like trading away your star player with it and having a disaster of the season. Like, so if Dave Caldwell is still in charge of this team later on, or, or I think he should be gone too, but I mean, I don't really know how you do that. But like, how can you, you look so desperate if your caller ID shows up on Jan's agent's phone on Saturday, if Jalen's traded on Friday, yeah, how can you negotiate from that point? Like, I mean, I, I just don't see it, man. That seems so, it's almost like you're, you're admitting that you were wrong about everything. And at that point, I definitely think you are gone. Like, and if you're not gone, then we have to have some very serious conversations. Oh yeah. Well, well, I I feel like there's going to be, a lot of desperation in this organization. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like there you, isn't though, man. Like, but I mean, how do you lose your the two best players on your team? And uh, or, or you know, you. I I, I know I just, you do if you're Coughlin because you're an old you're an old man who's probably going to die in the next five years. You you're sticking to your principles, but if you're like Dave Caldwell and and Christ, I hope Shad Khan, you got to start looking at this situation and being like, look. You lose Yannick, and you lose Jalen, and or you may not lose Yannick, but you're going to go through an ugly fight with him. You trade away Jalen. You're back to where you started because this offense, even if Gardner Minshew's the truth, it's not there yet. Like, and so now you have to hope you got enough back from the trade in Jalen, but you're still rebuilding. You have one. You've gone from having three good pass rushers to one because Calais ain't long for this world. So. I don't know, like, I don't know, man. Like, I I think there's a lot of pride and ego. I think that's what it is in our front office between Caldwell and Coughlin. I think there's a lot of ego there, and I think that's what we're not seeing from their perspective. Right. I I guess I just don't understand how you can even risk losing uh, the the top two guys on your team. Uh, uh, It's... I, I I don't know. I just can't fathom the idea of of this past offseason just saying, you know what, we're not going to pay either one of them, um, even though yep. we know how unhappy both guys are. Um, yep. And we're just going to play it out and see what happens. And then yeah. uh, and, and, and then Jalen says, okay, well, fucking trade me. And then so Yannick's sitting back laughing, saying, yeah, well, this, this is what fucking happens, right? He's like, now, all right, well, I'm definitely holding out next year. Like, exactly. So tag, I mean, tag me if you want, and like at that point, you're holding me hostage, and you'll everyone will. And this, again, by the way, this is only if I think if Caldwell is still the GM and Coughlin still making has any sort of influence in the organization. 
if, if this all happens like this and, and we're talking like worst case scenario and the season sucks and we're like bomb on the barrel in the division, then like all these guys should be gone. So that, and that's, I, I truly do think that that's probably what will happen. At least a few of them, at, at least two of the three will be gone. So in that case, you might be able to come back and reapproach this situation from a different angle. And then there's, there's hope to be had there. Um, but so yeah, it fucking sucks. Um, and you know, and I hope miraculously they make a fucking deal with Jalen like tonight. Um, and then he's happy and retires to Jaguar and, uh, you know, we win a bunch of games and never have to hear about well, it again, but. Well, that's the, so, I mean, we've, we're, we're being pretty fucking doom and gloom right now as well. We should be, but there, there's a way out of this. I mean, and, and, you know, to, I've been referencing the interview with MJD a lot today. Uh, it's not all there's hope to be had in this situation, I think. And it, you, you don't even necessarily have to fire everyone. He's so the thing with Jalen though he's not holding out at all he's not sitting out games or practice or anything and I like I said earlier I do really truly believe they may not have as great of a relationship as Marone says but I don't think they're just like going to be at each other's throats for the next what fifteen weeks or so sixteen weeks I think that you get through this season you have a decent season you're probably not making the playoffs at this point. But you have a decent season. You show that there's progress in the team. Minshew either proves he's the guy or Foles comes back, and you show that you have hope um, and maybe continuity for once in that position that doesn't involve a guy who forgets how to throw the football every offseason and has to relearn it. And on top of that, in this offseason, you hopefully have some kind of coming to reckoning with the front office and you offer them the same generous deals that you offered to Nick Foles. I think at that point between Jalen's fifth year option and Yannick's franchise tag uh, potential, there's, it's not quite as big of a loss as I thought. Like, I think there's, I think there is a, a, there's a, there's, there's, it's a smaller chance, but I think there is a chance where, all of this can be corrected. Um, it starts with winning, first of all. It starts with winning tomorrow at the freaking game I'm going to be at. And then it goes from there, and it goes to winning in Denver, where that's a very freaking winnable game, Jalen or not. It's Joe fucking Flacco, man. He sucks. Their their team sucks. I don't want to hear it. Their defense even looks like shit. Von Miller's like a nobody now. So I say that now. He's probably going to roast Cam Robinson. Um, you go to Carolina, no Cam Newton. Their offense sucked. Well, I guess we'll see what happens, and I hope Jalen fucking balls out tomorrow, and I hope they write him a big fucking check. But you know, yeah, man, it start it starts tomorrow, man. You win tomorrow, you like you're right back in this bitch. And I mean, again, Jalen's not going to quit playing hard just because of all this shit. So, I right. like like I said, there's there's a higher chance than than people are giving credit for that this works out for us. Even if I do think, like you said, the chances of us walking away in a happy place with Jan and Jalen are slim. Well, we'll see what happens. I hope we win tomorrow, especially since you'll be in attendance. Um, I hope you bring us good luck. Yeah. Um, I hope you don't I'm get a, killed. I'm going to flip, flip, flip a JSO police car if we win, bro. You right, it here first. Oh, where are your seats? Mm, I don't remember. I got the ticket uh, uh, you, off of you, the guy down there. so You probably won't even remember like by the time you're actually in the stadium anyway. So. 
Oh, I'll remember. I have an uncanny ability to remember particular things <laughs> despite the inebriation, but but it is Jacksonville and we do go hard. So Well, good luck tomorrow. I hope we get a win. I do want to say um uh, I was going to drag a prelude in for the pod tonight, but he was So well, you should have. Uh well, uh, I, he was uh, doing stuff with his kid, so um he was watching he was nice he was He's watching Star can Wars Rebels. Um, he can probably confirm. Um, okay. I will say fine, he did. He did give me. Uh, he did give me two quotes mm-hmm. uh, that he wanted me to throw into the pod for him. Uh, I just want to fucking win. Mm-hmm. A- and shit, y'all know me. Um, those were the two quotes that he wanted me to add in. So uh, I didn't want to disappoint him and leave those out. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Well, we're gonna wrap it up real he- uh, real quick here. Uh, we we went a little longer than I thought we were going to, but that's okay. Um. Yeah. Um. So, what's your prediction tomorrow? Man, I think we win, dude. I really, I really do think. I think we have something. Like I kind of said at the start, we have a little bit of a repeat of early season jaguars titans last year where both teams are just getting stuffed by each other's defenses and it really comes down to uh just a couple field goals uh towards the end of the game and you know if we get in that fight freaking lambo is possibly the best dude so my lambo is an automatic i'm I'm wearing a lambo t-shirt on my on the flight down there nice dude um well, that's cool. I hope we I hope we do pull it out. Um, yeah, I, I as much as I as much as I love how I'll Gardner's say, been okay, playing. Nine, nine, nine six Jaguars. I think that was what it was last year, but the reverse. So yeah, as as much as I love uh, how well like Gardner's been playing and how how well the how much credit I give the wide receivers and everything. I, this isn't a, like a, a potent offense. They're not going to score thirty plus points a game. So, so I'm going to uh, say I'm going to say this will be Gardner's first shitty game, but it's not. He won't be the reason why we lose, but he will have a shitty game right. compared to the first two. Um, I think I think we might score a couple touchdowns. Um, I, I think we might be looking at um, that'd be nice. Uh, maybe uh, maybe ten points or fourteen points. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I'm 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 leaning more towards like more more towards like ten to nine or fourteen to nine or. Or something along yeah. those lines, or like fourteen to ten. It, it's going to be like a, it's going to be a low scoring game and, and a one score game. Um, yeah, definitely take the under, and I never say that ever in life. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, it was good talking to you. Let's wrap this bad boy up, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll have you back on here soon. Uh, crime will eventually flake out again, and I'll just, uh, uh, you're basically my side bitch, so. He is too easy playing see playing see at these right now anyway, so Yeah, probably. He just hooked up his new computer, so he's like, Yeah, dude, I can't do the podcast. I'm I'm really busy, man. I get so. a fucking notification at like one thirty every morning. Chrome's <laughs> on Xbox Live and he's just fucking sitting there watching league. Fucking Not even nerd. playing league, watching league. <laughs> All right, man. All right, dude. It was good talking to you, and uh, we will uh, see you guys back on uh, Real Till uh, probably sometime next week, and uh, hopefully we'll have something good to talk about. So, we'll have yeah. something to talk about. <laughs> Peace, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>